We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I'm your host for the night, Jacob Niffin. I've got my guy Taylor with me tonight on this fine Thanksgiving Eve. Just, you know, going through, trying to find uh, how we can get Isaiah Joe more minutes. Hey. Nothing to see here. That's what you got to do sometimes. We're joining you tonight as the Thunder lose to the Nuggets 131 to 126 in overtime, a very competitive game. We're proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating if you don't mind. That'd mean a lot to us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok. We are all over social media, so hit us up. As I said, Taylor, the Thunder dropped this one to the Nuggets 131 to 126. Late stream tonight as the game got over late, and then I had to drive home, and then I had to put together an outline, and then I had to stop and buy my wife some tea. Uh, just a <laughs> just a lot tonight. Sounds like you have a sick wife, or she's like tea. Hopefully, it's like- uh, how about C? All of the above. <laughs> oh boy! So teacher life, right? Yes, one hundred percent. So as we do in these post games, I have a list of some big takeaways that we can run through. We've also got a step-by-step game summary where we'll break down for those of you who either forgot or maybe you didn't watch and you're just catching up because you were too busy um, getting the turkey in the fryer, <laughs> popping that bad boy in the oven. Maybe you were pre-making some some Thanksgiving dessert. You were getting the sides ready. Hopefully, it's not green bean casserole because that stuff is garbage. Oh, bad take. Bad take. But we got a breakdown of the game for you. And then Taylor and I will kind of go deep in our analysis of what we saw tonight. Taylor, first off, my big takeaways. You don't get any big takeaways because this is my post game. You're just the supporting cast. I think you'll agree with a lot of them. Takeaway number one. Shooters really help this team. The offense opens up I'll take so no much. Shit for 500, Alex. <laughs> the, having shooters on the floor uh, tonight, Isaiah Joe, we'll mention him later, but he's he's the player of the game tonight. Having guys that can knock down threes, First off, scoring three points is good for your basketball team. Uh, 
Uh, second off, it pulls guys out of the lane and allows guys like Shea to get into the paint and make things happen. Second takeaway, struggles against bigs. It's a theme for this team. You, now you, ha- you have no Chet. Now you have no Mike Muscala, who has, a, I guess, a fracture in his pinky. Your tallest player on the Which team, technically. About, I guess. Do what? Uh, did you see that? I um, I think it was pregame. Dig not mention that like Muskie didn't even know about it. Something oh, wow. very strange. Yeah, it was very strange. Um, so it probably isn't too bad then. But yeah. your tallest but still, guy on the team is now Usman Jang, who's racking up G League minutes. Um, your next like quote unquote big is maybe like Jay Will, uh, who's playing G League games and not ready for NBA action. So really a lack of size. And I thought that really showed for the Thunder tonight in a few spots. We'll talk about that. Mark Dagnall with the technical tonight, really enforcing my, my third takeaway, which is free throw discrepancy. Mark had the damn receipts. Oh, that was amazing. Great, great post game quote from Mark. So we'll talk about free throw discrepancy with this team. And then my last note, Taylor, and I'm whenever we get to our analysis, I'm going to riff on this a little bit. I hope you have some stuff to say as well. Growing pains are okay. Yeah, it is okay that you lose this game. Is it frustrating? Have people, have fans, and people have have our expectations gone up for this team? Yes, and that's awesome. But you know what? These types of games are good. Short term setback for a great long term result. This is where you learn. Coming from a person who like teaches all day, this is where learning happens, right? And and I know it sucks. Like I wanted them to win tonight. I wanted Shea to hit a bucket in the final seconds of regulation and win this game. Didn't happen. That's okay. They'll they'll learn a lot from this one. Love that one. Love so that, love all of them, honestly. Oh, thank you. I worked really hard on these. I love you, Jacob. I'm thankful for you on this thing. I appreciate that. Hey, let's do a step-by-step <laughs> summary real quick, Taylor. And you interject wherever you want. Okay. Um, game starts off Denver, crazy hot start. In the first quarter, they shoot 10 of 11 from the free throw line. 11 free throws in a quarter is a lot. They're 8 of 14 on twos, 4 of 6 on threes. Denver just couldn't miss. It felt like the Thunder's defense constantly a step too slow. Uh, maybe a little bit of an analytical thing that kind of drives me nuts, and I'm interested in your thought with this. Felt like the Thunder did this a lot early and then got away from it, and things got better than they did it a lot late, and I, I didn't understand why they went back to it. They love to double Jokic. But, Jacob, it wasn't even, and I'm curious your thoughts here as well. I, I think we're probably on the same page here. It wasn't a f- like very aggressive double. Like, it was more like showing another yes. guy on that side of the lane. Yeah, you, you, they're doing a show. They're doing a hedge. There's multiple terms here, but they weren't full-on doubling Jokic. Um, for example, if you watch the Thunder there in the fourth quarter and into overtime, they were pressing full court, and there were some full-on double teams. That mm-hmm. is a double team. They weren't doing that with Jokic, right? Uh, you, you they were trying to sneak somebody on his blind side in case he spun that way. They were showing at the rim. Yeah. It was a show and it was a hedge. Yeah, and, and, and I, I and, don't think that's effective, when, especially when you're so undersized, which is a, a, obviously a theme that you've mentioned already, Jacob, and, and we'll get into. I didn't love that. I didn't love that. Yeah, much at all. and and I'm already going to get down the rabbit hole. We got to keep this thing at like 35 <laughs> minutes. I promise you guys. Jacob and I could do like a two hour post game yeah, podcast. Yeah, but and and it's hard, especially for the people that are listening and not watching us live, yeah. for me to to I, like I need a 
the little coaches half court board. Yeah. Yes. They they would only double Jokic when he would catch an entry pass below the free throw line. Correct. I was going to say in the corner, and that's especially when he cut it down to that baseline in that corner. And what happens there is Denver has so let's say Jokic catches the ball on the right side of the rim on the baseline, uh, right outside the paint, right maybe like six or seven feet outside the paint. He catches it there. He's posted up. Typically, it was JRE playing post defense on him. The Thunder run a double down the baseline onto the same side of the lane that Jokic is on, which leaves an odd number on the backside. And Denver will always put somebody on the block. That way, Jokic can just turn and pass for a dunk and have somebody in that corner. So His whoever's name guarding is Aaron Gordon. <laughs> yes. Whoever's guarding the corner shooter has to dig down and front the guy that uh, is the, the offensive player who is on the block, just ready to catch and dunk. Right. which then leaves that corner shooter open. For some guys, I'm okay doubling like that because that pass from one side of the court in the post to the opposite corner is a very difficult pass to make. And I thought as far as the double, the way the defense is supposed to work, I thought it was fine. The locations were crisp, and that's important. I agree. But out of all the guys you can double, Jokic is not the guy to do it because he can find where that open man is Every single time, so quickly, like you double guys that are beating the shit out of you inside that um, are like kind of like a, a an Embiid, correct? But Jokic, maybe the best passer in the league, like doubling him is just a death sentence because he's going to find the open three pointer every single time. Let's get back to the step by step game summary. Just the doubling kind of drove me crazy. Second quarter. Things were much better. Um, 42 point second quarter for OKC uh, really saved them in this game. They go into half only down four. Uh, in my notes here, I have thanks, Isaiah Joe. He really saved them in that second quarter. I, I literally tweeted out. Um, so it was interesting here in the second quarter. We saw, I mean, I and my memory is kind of fogged here, uh, specifically focusing on the third and the fourth quarter. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think. Shay and Isaiah Joe came in at the same time. Um, and I, I, at a certain point, you know, I, I think Joe, his first rotation wasn't great. And they don't mention that in this post game. And sorry, Jacob, I know I'm going, going a little deep here and just our, our game by game breakdown, but maybe just talking about Isaiah Joe in general, he, he comes in yet again with Shay to end the, I think what's her, you know, like six minutes left in the, the second quarter, somewhere in there. And I was very surprised and I think I tweeted something out like, you know, I, I think Dagnault's looking for Joe to be able to open up the floor for SGA because something you tweeted about Jacob from the account that was super accurate throughout the entire uh, first half is that Denver was just packing the paint mm-hmm. on purpose. They were daring. There the was there was too. a lineup in that second quarter that was Shea, Trey Mann, Isaiah Joe, J-Dub, Eugene Omarui. They just tried to surround, surround Shea with shooters. God, don't try to say that sentence five times fast. No kidding. Um, that way that work. lane would open up more. Yeah. So OKC okay, goes into Joe, half. And it didn't work. It yep. was awesome. OKC okay, goes into half down four. Uh, Denver got super cold in the third. Was the Thunder defense better? Yes. But when you look at like the big picture tonight, Denver scored 30 points in the first, 30, 30, plus, in the, 30 plus in the first, 30 plus in the second, 30 plus in the fourth. 15 in the third. 
They just yeah. got ice cold. Uh, zero of nine from three in the third quarter for the Denver Nuggets. And this um, is a theme, Jacob, right? Like the the terrible first quarters for the Thunder and the the great really third great. quarters. Yep. And yep. they mentioned in the post game that they got to start better, which is very true. OKC has a 15 point lead early in the fourth quarter, I believe, at about 11 and a half minutes. But the lineup of J Dub, Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, Darius Baisley, Eugene Omarui really, really struggled and let that lead slip all the way down to two. Offense stalled out really bad. Defense wasn't getting the same stops. That lineup, again, was J-Dub, Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, Darius Baisley, Eugene Omarui. So you have a rookie, two second-year guys, a two-way player, and Darius Baisley. Maybe not the best lineup. Mark has this tendency to let these guys play through struggles. I thought maybe he let them play through a little too much of the struggles tonight. Um, but that lead falls down to two Poku and Dort come back in. And then shortly after pretty early in the fourth, actually for his normal rotation, Shea comes back in the Thunder had built a lead back up in the fourth quarter, but Denver goes on a six. zero run around the three minute mark. Uh, there was a Jokic and one, there was an Aaron Gordon, uh, catch and shoot three that trimmed that lead. Thunder miss or sorry, not the Thunder. The Nuggets miss a three at the buzzer off of a Jokic pass. Uh, Poku was cheating in to try to double on Jokic. He kicks it out to Conchar. Poku recovers, contests the shot. It, also, it, it sounds like a Pokemon name. Can we just like take a little moment and uh, 100 <laughs> percent? Uh, and then overtime happens. Thunder are only able to muster six points in OT. Uh, Denver that was awful, and not only that, Jacob, but there was that possession there. Where Denver got three offensive rebounds that ended with an and one. Uh, just just nail in the <laughs> coffin. The Thunder were down one possession at that point. Just absolute nail in the coffin. So let's circle back to some of these big takeaways, Taylor. Uh, maybe spend a couple minutes on each one. My first one was that shooters really helped this offense. Um, you had you started a hard to- time there, but like I think that's extremely spot on. Yeah, you, you want to go ahead and just talk a little bit about how the shooting helped. Well, it, it, the biggest thing that stood out to me probably from this, and again, I don't have like necessarily uh, hard stats for this one, but one thing I really noticed, Jacob, is like there's a, a certain point there, shoot, in the fourth quarter. So, I'm sorry, maybe it was a third. I'm trying, I, It was either late third when Shea was getting some really serious burn or, or, or it was a certain point in the fourth quarter when Shea was getting burned. Um, and you had Shea, Isaiah Joe, JRE, Poku, and it wasn't Jada. It was probably the door or somebody. And I'm just looking at that lineup. Like, we, we we haven't seen this sort of closing lineup or clutch time lineup. And I, I think the big reason there is because Daynault was willing to experiment. Um, oftentimes, that, that that will hurt the team, right? Like, we saw that some in the first half, like you mentioned. Um, but he was able to find the guys who were feeling it tonight, specifically Isaiah Joe. Jerry had some huge uh, shots from outside. And that opened up the floor so much more for Shea. Yep. Giddy, not so much. He 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 had some good moments tonight and some really bad moments. Has kind of been the story of his season. But specifically for Shea, I thought Mark did a great job surrounding him with the right shooters for tonight specifically, right? It's very easy to have your we have these three, these four shooters, and we're going to uh, throw that same lineup out around Shea every single game and it'll work some nights and it won't other nights. 
I really liked what what Dignall did with his experimentation early on in the game, and then using those guys who, who really stuck and, and surrounding Shea with those guys to help open up the floor. I'm kind of curious your thoughts. If you agree with me, you disagree with me. Yeah, uh, no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, also, looking at the three-point stats tonight, uh, JRE, two of five. He had two big corner threes. That kind of surprised I know. I, th- that surprises me. I thought yeah. He- Poku, two of four. Uh, Dort, three of seven. You really like to see that. I like most of the threes Dort took tonight. Shea, only one of four. Giddy, only one of four. Uh, Omarui, O of one. J Dub, two of three. Trey Mann, zero of two. And then obviously the the big one, Isaiah Joe, <laughs> seven of 10, um, which is just absolutely massive. That guy is just freaking automatic. But yeah, uh, I, I think you, I, I don't even have anything else to say about shooting. I think you really hit the nail on the head there. Um, next big takeaway was struggles against bigs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, so let's touch on this, Taylor. I'll, I'll kind of lead us off on this one. I mentioned no Chet, obviously, no Mike Muscala. So the Thunder, uh, pretty severely like undersized. Yep. So rebounds. Denver 55, OKC 39. You got out-rebounded by 16 in an overtime game that you lost by five. Feels like a pretty big stat. That'll do it. <laughs> Offensive rebounds 17 to 12 in favor of Denver. Defensive rebounds 38 to 27. Um, points in the paints 54 to 46. Uh, Thunder lose that by eight. And again, having this points in the paint really don't like. I, I think your conventional thinking is if you're Throw outside, the, to the, the big down, yeah, the if you're outside, you're going to get outscored in the paint, right? But when you play against a guy like Jokic, or even when you're, you're playing the style of the NBA, which is fast paced. And yeah, it's you, you throw it down to Jokic for the size mismatch. He draws a double. He kicks it out, gets a hockey assist because somebody gets set up for a wide open three. Right. So I don't think the points in the paint really like exemplify the thunder struggles I think that's uh, with really their size, but their size is a problem, right? JRE drew the Jokic matchup. He played really, really hard. It's just a really difficult there's matchup. Only, there's so much you can do. Uh, same for Poku, right? Uh, there was a certain point where Poku was the sole big there. I, I believe it was down uh, towards the, the latter part of the fourth, probably down the stretch. Jacob, it, I, I can't remember if I have that correctly or not. But regardless, kind of seemed like that was a little bit of a swing, uh, a little a little bit of a turn 
for Denver. So you're right. Like they, they absolutely took advantage of that. And this season, that's okay. Right. Like it, it's kind of feels like a cop out to have the disclaimer that like, this is all gravy, right. Or, or this is a great learning experience. But at, at a certain point, like I'm not sure Chet's going to be the answer next season for this. Uh, this is something that's going to need to be addressed. And I'm curious to see how the Thunder plan to address that, whether it's through new personnel or uh, style of play, right? That's interesting because I would disagree with you. Really? I, I think if you – I don't think you get a straight answer, but I think if you could put truth serum in Mark uh, in Sam Presti, they would tell you – Poke connector. Well, they would just tell you, like, we're not going to go out and get a, a big man center. We're no, not going to no, go out I and mean, get a like, Miles Turner. I serum, like the Poku Nectar. Oh, yes, like yes, the, yes. The, the, the um, that they would say, Chet Holmgren is our center. Chet Holmgren is going to play five for us. Like, Agreed. I think a lot of people, including myself, have thought, like, should they, should the Thunder be a, a Miles Turner possible trade partner? And you put Poku at the four. I Poku is going to play five for this team. Like he's going to be the one guarding Jokic. Um, and I think he'll be fine. I think his rim protection is going to be freaking insane. I think he'll be able to get rebounds or tap rebounds. This team will look so much different with him uh, on both ends of the court. Let's move on from big man talk. Uh, we know the Thunder kind of lack a big man. My next note, free throw discrepancy. Ooh. Taylor tonight, free throws. Thunder, 24 of 28. The Nuggets, 33 of 41. They made nine more points from the free throw line. They took 13 more free throws. Nine points from the free throw line in a five-point overtime loss. Yep. That seems pretty significant. And this is starting to become a bit of a theme for the Thunder uh, in that the, the free throw discrepancy is always leaning towards the other team. Uh, when we look at individual players tonight for the Thunder, um, J-Rob, uh, J Jeremiah Robinson Earl, zero free throw attempts. Poku, Dort, Giddy, Baisley all had two free throw attempts. They all made one. Uh, J-Dub had six. Shea had 14. So two guys, J-Dub and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, took Combined 20. For 20 took 20 free throws of the 28. That's absolutely absurd. And and again, I, and Jacob, I don't know if you if you can pull this audio or uh, whatever it is, but I I thought that um that they don't really had a, a I mean, he was pretty poignant in his post game when he talked about this. He was careful not to get uh, fined. Yeah, for said this. said very clearly like he was not contesting the technical, he deserved it. But basically, right. he said, we lead the league in drives per game and in paint touches per game very, very clearly. Um, the stats bear that out. He said 89% of all shooting fouls are called inside the paint this year. Uh, that is a statistic. It is a fact. Um, and the Thunder are like 25th in free throw attempts a game in the league. Yeah, um, so you, you're, you are getting the... Yeah. 28th, they're second to last. Yeah, you are getting the, the most... Paint and, touches the most drives yep. and most fouls shooting fouls occur in that area, but you're nearly dead last in the league in free throw attempts. And he compared that as well. The other damning stat here, I think, is he he mentioned that the other like, hey, you know, whoever were uh, above them in regards to paint uh, 
paint points and, and well, and no one's above them in drives. He, but he said that the teams that are closest to us in paint touches and in drives are top five in the league yep. in free throw attempts. The Thunder are bottom three. And that is Brutal. very frustrating. And and you can see a lot of the players, the Thunder players are getting very upset. Shea uh, chirping at the refs. Giddy chirps at the refs a lot, feeling like he gets contact down low and doesn't get the whistle. Um the free throw discrepancy is, is a massive thing and it can very much swing a game. Uh, I saw some people like arguing that, Oh, Shea should get more calls. Like 14 free throws is a lot yeah. for a guard. Yeah. Well, he does, he does lead the league and Shea leads the league ago. in drives. Right. But it's, it's the other guys. And I thought J dub was phenomenal at getting to the line tonight. We we could do a whole damn oh podcast my gosh, over yes, Jada. He's very impressive. You're spot on. Um, the fact that he has it. This is something that, like I said, Jacob, you and I talked about for Shea, for him to take that next step. Like here about two years ago, two summers ago, we talked about him needing to be able to get to the line more. And he's doing that. Mm-hmm. J-Dub's already showing that ability, which yeah. is just really He's going to be so good. Really So excited. good. Um, Taylor, my last one. Growing pains are okay. This loss, there's a lot of people I've noticed on different social media apps, different Thunder fans, um, the radio broadcast on the way home. Lots of fans kind of upset with this one, kind of frustrated with this one, um, criticizing a lot of different things. Here's the thing. Month and a half ago, we thought this team would have like three or four wins right now. Not seven or whatever they're at, right? Our expectations have been raised because the team is very clearly improved from last season. We know they're probably not going to be in the playoffs. We know they're nowhere close to competing for a title. We know Sam Presti, and he is a very patient person, and he sticks to a plan. They're not going to go make some win-now move. You're kind of. I don't know. Kevin Durant pretty much said he wants to be back in OKC. Jacob, uh, from what I've seen on Twitter, Um, (laughs) you're basically playing with house money here. A lot of people were really frustrated that uh, one one of the complaints I saw in like our Twitter mentions was that Dagnall put Giddy back in in overtime, and the post game presser Dagnall mentioned like fresh legs, and also that he trusts Giddy. Yeah, and and we all assume, and I think it's pretty safe to assume, that Giddy is a long-term fixture on this team. I'm willing to give up a random November loss against Denver in overtime to get Giddy and Shea five minutes together in a high-stakes, um, highly competitive moment in a game so they can get that experience and work through that together. Agreed. You learn so much more from failures than you do from successes. If if they, you know, make one more play, hit one more shot in regulation and win this game, our opinions as fans and podcasters and media members and the players go in and think, oh, hey, some things went wrong, but it's okay because we won. And I, I think sometimes winning can mask issues that need to be fixed. Losing isn't fun, but it's necessary. And I'm not here to tell our listeners and tell Thunder fans how to feel about the results of a basketball game. 
Like I, I just, I want to offer a different perspective in this one. And it's that this is the youngest team in the league. I mean, they're starting so many young guys. They're playing so many young guys. Shit, the two oldest guys on the team, Kenrich Williams and Mike Muscala, didn't even play tonight. Neither of them played. One was DNP, coach's decision, and the other one has a a pinky he did not know was injured. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at the time who, of evaluation. Who was the oldest guy yeah. to take the court tonight? Was it Eugenio Marui at 26? That's crazy, but I think you're probably right there. Wow. I think that's correct. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm scrolling through. Um, I don't know how, how old is I, uh, Isaiah Joe. Our Isaiah is like 20, 23. 23. Young. Yeah, you're right. It, it so Eugenio Maru, your two-way guy that yep. played 12 minutes at just He's because they need to try something, was the oldest guy to play tonight. At 25, February 14th, 1997. He'll be, okay. he'll be 26 soon. I mean, your, your oldest guy besides that who played tonight is Shay. Shay. At uh, 24. Uh, so, uh, yeah. An incredibly young team. These types of losses, I know they're frustrating because you want them to win. These are okay for the long-term growth of this team. This season is about seeing w- who rises to the top, who proves that they are going to be a player for this team in the future. And it's about getting experiences. It's about learning through these things the tough way. Right. I mean, that's that's exactly what this season is about. It's about growth. And this is how growth happens. I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on that, Taylor? Not at all. I think you you absolutely nailed that. Uh, That's going on the TikTok, Jacob. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Seriously, I I, I really do think you know that. But I, I couldn't agree more, especially in regards to like Josh Giddy. He's had struggles Um, tonight was just like the perfect encapsulation of just kind of his season as a whole, right? A lot of ups, he, he's a lot ups, of downs. He's up and down during games. Yeah, right. And, it's, and he's mentioned, like, teams are guarding me different. There's a scouting report on me now. I have to learn how to counter that. Great chance for him to learn how to do that. And the easy answer there is, oh, well, hit your outside shots. But it's not as simple as that, right? Like, we obviously know that. And actually, yeah. to that point, not to just completely go down the rabbit hole, I know we're nearing kind of our our mark here that we like to hit on on post-game podcasts. But uh, I was listening to The Mismatch, which is uh, the NBA ringer show. They have Chris Vernon, Kevin O'Connor. And uh, Chris Vernon was mentioning, you know, being at the the game for the um, the Memphis Grizzlies Thunder game. And he said he actually was, was t- you know, obviously he was super excited. Shea versus Jaw didn't live up to the hype, but obviously both of them were great. And both teams looked really good there. And he mentioned, you know, he was talking to some actual uh, Thunder staffers. I was like, man, if you guys could just get some shooting around SGA. I mean, gosh, uh, the sky's the limit. And, it, and their response to him was, well, we're working on it. That's why we hired Chip England. And, and we're, we're going to get there. We're convinced about that. Right. So the Thunder aren't going out looking for the Sadiq Bays or, you know, whoever. They're focused on getting, to your point, Jacob, Josh Giddy those minutes in overtime. And uh, Isaiah Joe and, you know, continue to get Trey Manburn because they're convinced that working with their staff, not just England in general, but they're going to be able to improve that uh, internally. Uh, kind of similar to Thunder 1.0, Thunder U mm-hmm. 1.0, right? Where you, you draft all these athletes, you hope that you can uh, help them 
dope a three-point shot now you're drafting your your acquiring players with this versatility and you're hoping that you're able to uh, develop that three-point shot i think they're on a much better path this go around 100 i'm much more confident in it because of that uh taylor before we leave i want to do two things first one is i just want to talk individuals really quick um and a few things of note from the box score uh shea leads the team in minutes 43 in an overtime game that's a lot um they next had a comment about that he was like you know that's that's due to overtime we can't overextend Shea. Uh, we're, yeah. we're going to stick to our, our minute rotations. Next highest, uh, Lou Dort, who I think um, after a really bad first couple of weeks of the season is really starting to settle in and get back three. to Lou Dort that that we know. Seven of 16 tonight. Three of seven from three is what you love to see from that. Uh, seven rebounds. He was uh, 18 points tonight. I thought Lou uh, had a good game, and I think he's coming around into form. Agreed. Uh, next highest minutes getter was Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Uh, I think this is mainly due to matchup uh, matchup with Jokic. Uh, he was only three of eleven from the field, uh, two of five from three, which means he was zero of crazy. six, zero of six inside the arc. Uh, eleven rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. Uh, he did end the game with the second highest plus minus at plus six, one of six uh, within the arc. But you're correct. <laughs> Doesn't really help. Oh, yeah. One of six. I'm sorry. Yeah. Doesn't really help his stats much, though. (laughs) Goodness. That, uh, he, he did play solid defense on Jokic in regards to, you know, everybody else available for the Thunder. I'm with you there. Yep. Next guy in minutes. So this would be guy number four, Jalen Williams, J Dub. Four of nine from the field. Jacob. Maybe we spend a little more time on this compared to like the other minute breakdowns just because. We saw last year with Trey Mann, right, and his trust uh, as a rookie uh, with Dignall. We saw, obviously, Poku as a second-year player, his trust level with Dignall, and obviously his uh, rookie year. J-Dub has the the trust of the coaching staff, and this is just example number, you know, whatever game we're on. Yeah, last Um, week, Mark, or last weekend or something, Mark had a quote where he said, we kind of have J Dub like drinking from a fire hose right now. It's like so we're trying to put so much stuff on him, but we're okay with that because he picks it up so quickly. Like you, the yep. way that they talk about him tells you that they are very, very, very high on him. It gets uh, me J- really excited, Jacob. Like, yeah. it, like ooh, I don't even want to <sighs> throw this out. It's irresponsible of me, but you know what? That's why we're uh, we're just here on a podcast and on the coaching staff or in the staff or in the um, sorry the. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Right it, it, within the organization, uh, I'm kind of getting some like Harden vibes. I, I told I think you the potential. Yeah, oh, sorry. I you told you this. guys that there was that I could see J Dub having like a a Harden esque type of rookie year. The way he plays, he's good, man. But 16, he's impacting the game in different ways, which is yeah, so exciting. Sixteen right? points on four of nine shooting, two of three from three, six of six from the line. Uh, only one assist tonight. He did have a block. He fouled out. Um, I I have I'm continually impressed with his defense. His ability to slide with his man, defend with his chest, keep his arms back. He doesn't bite on pump fakes. He closes out well on shooters. He does a lot of really good stuff. You want Not you fired off the hard thing. I'll fire off the. I think when this team is in contention in a year or two and when they're pushing for like 
home court playoffs, he's a he's starter third. on this team. Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were gonna say he's third best player. I'm like, I, I I'm getting there. Uh, next, no, next, I, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, next highest minutes getter uh, split, Josh Giddy, 29 minutes, 5 of 12 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, uh, had 12 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. And Jacob, the first I think ha- my like, one, you're going to be shocked. I don't have a full rabbit hole here. Um, my one like sentence, I think, on Josh Giddy is I'm not worried about him as a player. I am worried about him and his fit with SGA. Not that oh, it's not going to work. I'm just uh, They're just going to work through it. Um, the first first half, Denver ran a lot of zone. Josh seemed like he had never seen that before in his life and was very <laughs> passive. I thought he got much more aggressive in the third quarter and looked much better. Um, he's got ups and downs. He's just got to work through them. He'll be fine. Poku, our dear sweet Poku, back from the ankle sprain. 29 minutes, 5 of 8 from the field. Uh, I love that. 2 of 4 from 3. Love that. Love that. Yep. One of and two from the free throw line. Too. Yeah. And they look good. But one rebound from Poku. That's got to be better. Three assists. I thought those looked really good. Another three blocks for my guy. And sent, he had one on Aaron Gordon tonight oh where they missed gosh. a rotation. He got back and got it. Just incredibly impressive. Really, really good stuff. What was um, that series where he got the block and then he yeah he got the block in the third quarter then he ran down to the and then uh, hit the three the floor and hits a three quarter yep. three I mean that is everything we could have asked and more from Poku uh, uh, after that after that just I'm gonna rattle off these last minutes so we can get out of here Isaiah Joe 21 minutes oh, Trey Man go deep oh sorry I'm cutting you off I'm being ironic Trey <laughs> Man uh, the quietest 18 minutes of my life uh, just barely ever noticed him out there I don't even remember him playing uh, Omarui with 12 uh, I think it's kind of telling no Mike Muscala lack of big men uh, and Darius Baisley still only gets 13 I thought he was uh, almost non-existent out there as yep. well so uh, Taylor I think that's going to do it for us before we get out of here though it is, uh, we are now 24 minutes away from Thanksgiving. So that means everyone is listening to this podcast on Thanksgiving or afterwards, maybe during their Black Friday shopping. Uh, I know a lot of podcasts do a whole lot of Thanksgiving themed stuff, what whatever. Are you for? <laughs> we, we haven't really done that. But uh, in this holiday, for our American friends, uh, all of our overseas listeners uh, are probably not very aware of Thanksgiving. Hey, but shout for out all, Meekly. All, we had some really good back and forth. Yes. Uh, for our, our domestic listeners, uh, for Thanksgiving, man, I think I speak for, for Taylor, for Nick, for Justin, for Silva, for everybody. Like we are just so incredibly thankful for the, the thunder community for embracing us, for you guys listening to our show, interacting with us. Like that's what keeps us going. Would we still podcast if nobody downloaded? Probably because we've all become really, really good friends and we love talking to each other and hanging out and and shooting the shit. <laughs> we lost Jacob right before he said a cuss word, which is just, you know, perfect, perfect timing. Uh, but just to reiterate what Jacob said, as we get out of here, not only, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, a, uh, <laughs> I've reiterated this to our guys. So we're extremely thankful for one another, but we're extremely thankful for you all uh, listening. This has been a record breaking year for us as a part of the uncontested that we started with in 2018. And I just kind of can't believe when we look at our download numbers. Yep. You're back. You're back. Uh, 
looking at where we are this year, and I know that's exactly where Jacob was getting at. And so we, we couldn't mm-hmm. be doing this without you all. The thunder turning upward, and we're just so excited and, and blessed and thankful to be a part of it. And uh, thank thank you to you all. Thank you to the listeners, those of you on YouTube and the live chat, interacting with us on Twitter, all of our social media channels, and obviously all of you downloading our podcast. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. Just super thankful for everyone who uh, hangs out with us in the chats, uh, interacts on social. It's like, this has been such a big part of my life, and it's because all the Thunder fans who've just embraced us. It's been awesome. So thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you. Um, record, bre- I think Taylor said this, record-breaking month this month, record-breaking year for the uncontested. Part, yeah. yep. um, just the, the sky is the limit. Uh, like Stroke and Joe, we're just out here shooting our shot, man. So thank you guys so much. Enjoy time with your families, uh, with your friends. Uh, I hope you don't eat dry turkey or green bean casserole. Once again, the Thunder dropped this one in overtime to the Denver Nuggets, 131 to 126. But hey, it's okay because sometimes our best growth comes through failure. The philosopher Jacob (laughs) tuning out for the night. You guys have a great holiday weekend. The Red, Hot, the Red Hot Bulls are in town Friday night. Taylor has you guys covered for that post game. So be on the lookout for that. Until hey, then. The uncontested dudes will be together uh, before the game. Right? Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll post a picture so you can see all of our ugly faces all at once. You guys have a great holiday. Have a great Friday. We'll talk to you Friday night. Until then, as always, thunder up. <laughs>